you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Hello, and welcome back to the TS1 podcast. I'm your host, Andre Sherrard, and I got with me Juan Duque. Juan, how you doing today? Hey, man, I'm doing well. I'm happy it's Friday. And looking forward to a pretty awesome weekend. How are you? I'm doing all right. Doing the same. I'm ready for happy hour in a few hours. <laughs> so hopefully I get some work done, hang out with you for a little bit, and then the weekend. And then margaritas. Margaritas can get drunk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, we got we got a couple things we're going to be talking about. We got Atletico Madrid winning the Europa League. The FA Cup Finals coming up on Saturday. Um, Arteta probably going to Arsenal after they talked to Thierry Henry for some reason. A um, couple of World Cup omissions. And PSG possibly offering to double Gigi Buffon's wages. And instead of a retirement, maybe he will be coming back. So let's get started with the Europa League Final. Um it's pretty uneventful, actually, especially after Dimitri Payet got injured. He injured his hamstring. I, th- I think it happened because he walked by the trophy when when the, when the two teams, the starting 11s, were walking by, and he touched the trophy. And everybody that knows superstitions knows that you do not touch the trophy until you've won the trophy. So he touched the trophy, and I think... He immediately hurt his hamstring on that on that alone. I don't think it had anything to do with the game. He hurt his hamstring there. Um, but once he injured it, um, Marseille didn't have that attacking punch. Atletico Madrid pounced on mistakes that Marseille made, and they won. They won comfortably, three-one. I mean, not three-one, three-nil. Um, like I said, we're not going to talk too much about the game, but. I want to. I want to ask you, Juan. Um, what do you? Th- how do you think this? Um, what does this mean for Atletico Madrid in terms of going forward? Because we know more than likely Antoine Griezmann is going going to leave, and you know Fernando Torres is possible probably going to leave also. But you know maybe this could be a jumping point for the rest of the squad because it doesn't seem like a lot of those other guys are going anywhere. Yeah, I think it was an important win for Atletico Madrid uh, in terms of maintaining a nucleus that has done well for them and ultimately maintaining a group that's going to be able to live, continue living and breathing Simeone's, uh, Simeone's philosophy as a coach. So assuming Simeone stays on board as well, I think this win, we've seen him have to kind of reinvent the wheel uh, when he's lost players, you know, this isn't new to him losing Antoine Griezmann. He lost Diego Costa when Diego Costa was peak Diego Costa. Fernando Torres came back, but Fernando Torres was never the Fernando Torres that was originally on Atletico Madrid. Let's be real. Yeah. So I don't think that that's much of a loss for them personally. Uh, we've seen him lose players like Arda Turan in the past, who was playing phenomenally for Atletico Madrid and was a creative spark, and Simeone had to figure out how to move past that. So Simeone's not new. It's not new to him to lose your offensive players or your more creative players or your goal-scoring players. So 
I think the win is important because it says it says to other players, you should still believe in Simeone as a coach. You should still believe that this is a team that is aspiring for trophies. I know not everyone rates the Europa League trophy as highly, but mm-hmm. this is a team that has consistently been in Champions League, has been in several Champions League finals in recent history, has a handful of Europa League trophies under their belt in recent history. And so I think ultimately this was important because it does tell the team and other players around the world this is a club that is still aspiring for trophies and it makes it makes it easier for Simeone to fill void a void left behind with a player like Griezmann leaving. Yeah, for sure. I think it it definitely helps because they had two finals that they could have won in Champions League, but they they couldn't get over that hump. And it was starting to be, you know, they won a couple of earlier trophies and a league um, in Diego Simeone's earlier times, but it was looking a little bit dry. It was getting a little bit dry and thinking that maybe Simeone has ran his course with, with Atletico. Um, so I think winning a trophy like this could be a benchmark and could be the starting point to his new project of reinventing this team um, continually because I, I know he's probably he's tried to play more attacking that didn't work so he went back to his tried and trusted ways but he still has those players who will bruise with you but they'll also go out there and play pretty well you know you got Koke you got Sal um, Diego Costa is you know a good goal scorer and you could bring in players to augment that um, Angel Correa has played well for them um, maybe he could continue to grow and develop as a player, and you don't need to necessarily buy that big name. But yeah, I, I'm I'm along with you on, and it's it's a starting point to this quote unquote new era. Even though it's probably it'll probably be similar in the way they play in the old older era. Um, you know, in the mid in the early to mid 2010s or tens or whatever um so i I think that for atletico hey this is how you start Uh, i saw the owner say yeah i want to see us in the champions league final next season it's like well diego could say well you need to splash that money out on players and don't make my side only have 17 field players which is amazing that they were able to keep control of second place in La Liga and continue on in a European expedition like this because they were limited with players and I I thought that most of those players legs were going to fall off but they didn't they managed like they usually do and hey congratulations to them for a Europa League title yeah I agree it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they bring in I agree with you that uh, these players, if if they don't spend some money, this team will not be able to carry the success next season simply because their bodies won't allow them to do it. Nope. Nope. Plain and simple. All right, heading to England where the FA Cup final will happen tomorrow. 
um, tomorrow afternoon for us here in the States. Um, Manchester United and Chelsea. Um, Juan, give us what you think is going to happen in the game or what are your thoughts going forward in this match? Okay, I'm going to tell you what I hope happens and then maybe we can talk about what's realistic. What I hope happens is that these two teams come out knowing that Yes, there's a trophy at stake, but what is there to lose, really? I mean, Manchester United, they're locked into what they've done. Winning or losing this doesn't really change much for them. I would argue the same for Chelsea. I think Conte's ass is gone. Um, and if it's not, we'll all be surprised. I know a week, week or two ago I said I, maybe he'd stay and be gone in January of next year, but... I think things are deteriorating so much faster than I anticipated, even in just one week. It makes it harder to see him sticking around. So, I mean, what does anyone really have to lose? They're going to get mocked because they're competing for what a lot of people deem to be a meaningless trophy. It's, mm -hmm. The FA Cup is one of those that kind of swings back and forth. People say it's meaningless until their team hasn't accomplished shit. <laughs> and the one thing they do win is the FA Cup. Hey, FA we got the FA Cup. Hey. Yeah, and suddenly it's like, well, at least we got a trophy. So <laughs> it only ever seems to console the team that won it and everyone else laughs at it. So I hope to see an entertaining match, a, a game where the players are loose, a game where the coaches kick back and look and say what's done is done. Mourinho's not going to lose his job because he loses the FA Cup. And I think Conte just doesn't give a shit at this point. So, you know, I, I think that that sort of vibe will rub off on the players. And the players, I hope, would show up and play a little more loose, a little more attractive, a little more of an open-ended game. Now, let's turn back to what is more realistic. <laughs> what is more realistic is we have two coaches who are both notorious for being tactical and defensive and wanting their players to carry out micro-specific tasks on the field, and the art and the beauty of the sport is gone. The improvisation is gone. Um, I, so I don't want to rule that out. I don't think it'll be particularly that, that egregious in terms of how tactical they play, but I think we just need to bear in mind who these the two coaches are and, and what their trusted methods are for success. Both of these coaches have really only ever achieved success playing a certain way, and that way tends to not be the most appealing. Um, but I think that some of these players just, quite frankly, they don't care. You know, I don't think Eden Hazard is going to care much about what Conte is saying before or during the game. Or after, for that matter. The same way that I think a player like Paul Pogba says, whatever happened this season, happened. And whatever I do today isn't going to change much of how I'm used next year, if I'm even around next year, next season. So, I think we're going to get a balance between tactical approach, but also... I think we'll be fortunate enough to see some like standout players that'll make the game appealing. All, all I see is that Spider-Man meme. The two Spider-Mans pointing at each other. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's that's all that's all I can see. Um I I do think that 
Manchester United has more to play for uh, in this match because I think it is going to show that this project is building. It's building towards something, maybe a Premier League title, maybe trying to trying to get to the Champions League, even though we think that they're very, very, very far away. Um, but with them, I think this title can show us like, hey, we continue to move in the right direction. We got second place, the highest finish since Sir Alex has left. And now we got an FA Cup trophy along with a Carabao Cup trophy the last year. Um, for Chelsea, it doesn't really mean too much because Conte is more than likely gone. His ass is probably grass. Um, and I think the rest of the players are trying, are just going to try to figure out what their roles are going to be next year. So I could see them looking at this like, I don't care what this guy's telling me. Um, I'm going to go out there and do our thing. And if it doesn't win, so be it. Obviously, it's a cup final. So they'll be up for it. Everybody will be up for it. But at the same time, I think if United finds a way to get an early goal, I think Chelsea's body language, like it's been the whole season, going to slump over. They're going to be looking over to the sideline where the manager's going to be yelling. And they don't want to deal with this anymore. And they want to just get this season over so they can go to the World Cup. Or they can go to Las Palmas and hang out with me. And have a couple beers. Um, but I think that United has more to play for. I think United more likely will probably win this match. Um, I would say I would say 2-1. to one. I think that those players have, have a lot to play for. Because, hey, Mourinho is going to be around. So whoever's starting there, they're going to have to prove and show because, hey, he's going to spend the money or he's going to at least try to spend the money to get more reinforcements. So I think I see a little bit more enthusiasm in United's part. It'll be interesting to see if certain players make appearances in this game and what their level of enthusiasm and energy is if they do play, and we're, we're going to discuss this more later, but I'm referring to players like Martial. You know, are you going to use this if you get minutes as a statement match, or are you going to kind of sit there and say, F you to the world, I was done wrong? And we'll, we'll get more into that, but it, this game could potentially be a statement game for certain players as well. Very true. Um, continuing on, it looks more and more like Mikel Arteta is going to be the new manager of Arsenal. Um, I think they put the percentages at about 90% sure that Arteta will take over the North London side. They have to make a call to Thierry Henry for some strange reason. I don't know if he's going to be an assistant or not. I, I, I kind of find it hard fetch that he would be a, a an assistant to this, but who knows? Who, who knows what he wants to do? But speaking of Arteta taking over this job, um, it seems like Max Allegre has cooled his interest, and a lot of other bigger name managers aren't keen on how they plan on spending the money um, for their transfer budget and all. So I think Arsenal's getting a choice that. I guess they want 
And, you know, we talked about this a little bit in our group me last, last night. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of okay with this, um, signing because I, I think you ask him to just manage, you ask him to coach the team. You got guys who are scouting. You got guys who are bringing the players in, you know, obviously Arteta is going to have an input, but I don't think that he's going to have, he's going to have the pressure of being all seeing, seeing every single thing and bringing in players. Um, He's he's got a staff for that. He's got a sporting director. He's got a head of recruitment for that. So I think, you know, me thinking how I think, I think you got to bring in a big name manager. But maybe, just maybe, this could work out. Juan, what do you think? Um, so I, I am in favor of a new, fresh face as a coach in the Premier League. Uh, I, I sometimes you get kind of sick of the same same names being the ones that are always circulated. Same people rotating all over the place and coming in for these jobs, and you know, trusting the same same things we've now been witnessing for how many years? You know, that they're going to be the ones to overhaul the system and get things in order, and they get paid these big bucks and. It doesn't always work out that way. And, you know, I'm always in favor of the opportunity to have a new, some new young blood in there as a head coach uh, to try and steer the ship in the right direction. I always thought that Arteta was very underrated as a player. I think we may have even talked about this years ago on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always thought he was underrated for the majority of his career, I actually felt that he was underrated. So I, I like the way he sees the game. And that doesn't always mean that that's the way someone is going to choose to coach. And I think a good example of that is Zidane. Zidane does not always coach the way that he played and the way that he saw the game when he was actually on the field. So that doesn't mean that that's what Arteta will do. But let's think about the system that he came through. He's a Barcelona product. Yep. Let's think about who he's chosen to work with to grow as a manager. He's been under Pep Guardiola's wing. I think that bodes well for the style that Arsenal most likely wants to continue to move forward with. So if I'm using those as sort of little bits of pieces of evidence, and then I also think about how he actually played and how he read the game as a player, this man strikes me as a man who's actually been coaching for far longer than we realize. I think he was probably more than just the extension of the voice, the extension of the coach's voice on the pitch. I think he was actually probably running a lot of the show. Um, and there are, there are very few players that are capable of doing that. And they tend to make for very special coaches. Pep Guardiola is a great example of someone that was like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if, Arsenal was going to try and experiment. This was the right way to do it, rather than saying let's bring in uh, Ancelotti, let's bring in you know all these big names that we always hear, and let's have them fix the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you were going to gamble and you were going to experiment, this, in my opinion, is the right way to try and do it. And based on the evidence that we have so far, I think this is a guy that will try to implement 
a system that will please Arsenal fans based on what they've grown accustomed to. Yep, I, I agree. I, I agree with what you say. Um, I just fear that for the first couple of months, if it's not going well, they're going to probably start to blame Arson for this for some reason because they feel like this was one of his um, first choices. So I hope he I hope he at least starts out well and gets those guys going because, like you've said, he's a very smart, very bright um, young man who knows the game, who's re- who reads the game real well, and like you said, he's been a pretty much a coach on the field for the longest time. So and has the pedigree. So we'll we'll see what happens with him at Arsenal and see how they develop because hey this is a new era um and I think that's why it's important I can't believe I'm saying this but I think you know whether why they need to have a call with Thierry Henry first I don't know we can speculate I agree maybe it's to be the assistant coach but I I have a hard time believing that someone like Henry would be I just don't see him playing that role with a young, new, inexperienced head manager. Yeah, plus he's been plus he's been assistant managing with Belgium for a while too. So maybe he thinks, hey, if you're giving me a call, you're giving me a call to manage. You're not giving me a call to be an assistant. And plus, yeah. plus they already did their little quote unquote Rooney Rooney rule call to Patrick Vieira. That pity call they gave him. They don't need. Yeah. A, they don't need to call another black guy. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I think that it's if I'm a, a director at Arsenal, you realize that you're running a risk by taking a young and inexperienced coach mm-hmm. um, to, to offer them as his first real big gig, his first gig on his own, period. Yep. So I think maybe you try to develop a support system that the fans will blindly believe in. The fans, Arsenal fans, blindly believe in Thierry Henry. He's earned it, right? They're not doing that for no reason. He's a legend there. So if things don't start off particularly well, and it's turbulent from the beginning, you need some time to get it all figured out, yeah, I could see why it would be nice to have someone like Thierry Henry also on board because maybe it'll smooth things over with the fans for a little longer, it'll buy Arteta some time. Yeah, maybe. Maybe also he might be a, you know, another sporting director. I know they have one in place, but maybe he might be. I wouldn't say a, an assistant, but I would say you know, another person that they can go to who knows Arsenal back and forth, and who bleeds those colors. So maybe maybe he won't be a manager. I mean, maybe he won't be the assistant. Um, maybe he'll just be over Arteta, making sure that he's doing well, and maybe you know shoulder some, you know shield some of the blows that he's yeah. gonna deal with. Maybe exactly. Maybe. Um, got another guy almost coming back. Um, Manuel Pellegrini, um, possibly will be heading to West Ham and. El ingeniero. Yeah, <laughs> and dog, 
yeah, like we talked about in pre-production. I didn't even know where he was. Like, was he... Where was he? Was he in China somewhere? Or was he in Russia? He he was in some far-off place. But now West Ham, they sacked David Moyes. Or let go of him. And they're, they're moving forward with Pellegrini. And also, in other news... Um, Wayne Rooney got Big Sam sacked. That's it. <laughs> he got him sacked. That, that, that's it. I mean, the fans got him sacked too, but Wayne Rooney basically just said, hey, I'm either going to D.C. United, I actually don't want to go to D.C. United, or you got to sack this man. And then maybe, maybe, maybe I'll decide to come back. I think that's what happened. Hey, I would... Not be surprised. <laughs> Let's just run with that story. Let's see where that takes us. Hey, that's a pretty good story. Hey, man. <laughs> I just don't. I just don't understand it. So, eh, Everton possibly getting Marco Silva, um, former Watford and Hull City manager. They were after him um, last season when they sacked Ronald Koeman, but Watford um, said they didn't want to get rid of him. But um, Silva's free now, and maybe maybe they can bring some more attractive football that they want instead of this boring Big Sam style that they had to deal with for this season. So, who sees what happens with that? Um, moving forward, the World Cup is coming. The World Cup is under a month away. The uh, start of the World Cup will be on the 14th with... Russia and Saudi Arabia um, starting off, and I will probably not leave work to watch that game. I think I could DVR that and just say, you know what? Maybe I'll watch it. I don't, you know what? I don't even know if I'll DVR it. Let's be honest. It's Russia. Maybe, so- maybe just watch the opening ceremony. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, I'll do that. So, um, we're not going to talk about that, but we're going to talk about some World Cup omissions, especially in the French side where they could they could have probably built up a, a 24 list of those who are missing the World Cup, and they could probably make it to the semifinals of the World Cup by themselves. Um, Juan, what do you think about some of the omissions? That happened at least on the French side. So I, what I needed to do, I should have done, was made a list of how many of those omissions were due to injury. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I was surprised with some of them. I Martial, he's he's been a guy that has played for the, the French national team. We're not talking about a guy who's been in and then out and then in and then out. I feel like he's always been in. Yeah. So I was really surprised to see that he was omitted. And if I'm him, I would have a monster chip on my shoulder. I don't know that I would be able to walk into a training session or a dressing room with Mourinho right now. Listen, man, he, he, he's got to offer those hands. I, I mean, I think he does. And he, I think Mourinho would have to just accept it and take it. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to I put myself in his shoes. And I think to myself, where did it go wrong? And there's only one person I think he can feel like he should point the finger at, and that's Jose Mourinho. You know, this is, I, again, he has been playing for the French Nationals. This is a guy who's always been in the squad for the last two years, consistently. Mm -hmm. 
not just been in the squad. He has started a decent amount for that squad, for the, for his country. You know, it's one thing if he was like a fringe player, he's on the roster but never plays, he gets called. No, he started. He gets minutes. I still don't, I, I'm shocked that he was left out. I don't, we obviously don't know what's going on within the national team either and maybe how his uh, body language or behavior has been within the squad. But I was surprised. And I, man, I can't imagine if I'm him having to look Mourinho in the eye. Uh, another one that was a surprise for me was Rabiel. I, I definitely expected to see him on in the World Cup, on the team. And it's interesting. Some of the other guys I can understand, you know, Zuma, with injuries and stuff, he's been kind of on and off. He hasn't had a particularly great season to bounce back on. Um, we look, they have several wing players, so that was always going to be a wild card. Oh, you, know, you didn't really know. You know, we see that players like Debussy were left out. You look around some of the top teams, leagues in the world, and a lot of the outside backs are French players. So I wasn't surprised to see that some players that were big names were going to be left out there. We saw that Payet just pulled his hammy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What else do you have? I'm looking at the standby list for right now. Um, yeah, I think those are the probably the most I mean, Lacazette actually turned it on towards the end of the year, but maybe that mid, that low they had in the middle of the season probably left them out. Um, I just, yeah, but again, interesting because he was getting, maybe it was just to experiment and see if he should be called up, but this was a guy who, didn't he also start their last couple of matches? Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm not, because I think he's a good enough player to be in the squad. But Dembele's had a similar, you know, back-and-forth season like a Martial also. But, you know, yep. he he has made the squad. And I'm, I'm glad he's in the squad. I'm glad he's going to be in the World Cup. Um, but, I mean, if we're, if we're going between those two, what's really the difference in terms of just, you know, their stop-start nature of their seasons. Yeah. So may- maybe it does have something to do with body language and because as we know in the French national team, well, there's really no chemistry in this national team at all. <laughs> Starting back from 2010 World Cup. But I think that maybe he sees Martial as a disruptive force. Um, who knows? Because, I mean, they're going to be together for hopefully for them the next two months. So you got to deal with this dude. You got to deal with people like this for a couple of months. Like like what happened with the 2016 Euros and Benzema over there trying to extort his one of his teammates. You can't, yep. you can't have a guy like that on the team. And other examples like in England with Rio Ferdinand and John Terry, you can't you can't have them together, especially when John Terry racially abused his brother. That's not yep. gonna that's not gonna work. So, 
maybe, just maybe there was some things that you think that you see and you say, you know what? He's a good enough player, but I'm probably he's probably not gonna start, and if he doesn't start, what good use would he be? Um, but at the end of the day, he really needs to lay hands on Mourinho for this. He does. I, I mean, but, so that's definitely one way to look at it, and that's the way I've interpreted the situation. But sometimes it also helps to bring in players that are already playing together at the club level. Yep. I think it's important to know that you know Pogba and Martial are playing together. They're training together every day. Mm-hmm. They're, they've gotten to know each other in big game situations. I think that kind of chemistry also matters. Yeah. Unless unless the coach says that's the exact type of chemistry I don't want because I'm trying to use a very different system and that just won't work. I need to break that. That habit won't work in my team. Um, but it's that one is tough. I, I You also have to think about what this means for Martial in terms of money, contracts with other teams, mm-hmm. leaving Manchester United. This will impact all of that. Yep. Because if you're not seen, who's who's going to be looking for you? And yep. I, but I think I mean people will be looking for him. But obviously, if you're you know you're out of sight, you're out of mind. Um, one inclusion that I dislike from the French national national team, Adil Rami. He's he's still around, stealing money. Stealing people's spots, even though he doesn't, even though he said he didn't steal anybody's spot. I think this is the Valencia and me talking because I don't like that guy. <laughs> I don't like that guy at all. So I guess he made the squad. Good for him. I hope he sits on the bench and hangs out with Pamela Anderson. I don't know how that happened. I don't know where they met for that to happen, but. I don't know. I just wanted to talk shit about Adil Rami for. No, that's minute. fair. And when you think about all the center backs that France has right now, yeah. some of them being pretty versatile players in the back, you ask yourself, why the hell do you need them? Exactly. Exactly. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna actually kind of stay in France. Um, Gigi Buffon announced a couple of days ago that he will be leaving Juventus. And what we thought was more of a retirement um, announcement, it seems like now he's having a couple of offers to continue his playing career. And especially PSG is looking to double his wages to bring him on. And, hey, I think PSG, they need a keeper. They need a quality keeper. Um no matter the age, and it seems like Buffon fits the bill. Um, Juan, you brought this to my attention because I, I actually I wasn't really paying too much attention to this, but what do you think about Buffon possibly continuing his career and continuing it at a big club? I am surprised. I am really surprised. I thought that he was going to be retiring, that Juve would always be his one and only, and that that's the way he would want to close the final chapter of his career. And to that end, yeah, I'm totally surprised. You can always count on PSG to kind of 
mess with things because they just throw money at anything and I'm telling you everything most things have a price so they tend to be willing to match that having said that this is a guy who never had an opportunity to play anywhere else correct I think he was I mean didn't he didn't he start off elsewhere but I mean I don't think he's obviously hadn't played abroad um no I think he, Juventus just kept him and he stayed there Yeah so he he hasn't played abroad he's never put on the shirt for another big club and that's where it's weird for me but he he always he strikes me as a guy that would want to end and have his legacy just remain that. But if you put yourself in his shoes, is it really the end of the world to say, this is the last chance I get to do this? I know I won't be able to do it much longer, and I've done everything I possibly can with Juve. There really isn't, I mean, aside from maybe winning a Champions League, which I'm not going to say no for Juve next season, but I, I don't think it's realistic next season. Aside from that, what else does he could he do that would make it that that would make Juve's history richer? I don't I don't think there is anything. So can you blame a guy for saying I I was a hundred percent dedicated. I gave you everything. This is the last chance I get to try something different. I you know I can't blame anyone for that. Yeah. And so if he wants to go to France, sip on some wine, eat some bread. Have great food, kick it, have a really nice salary, be in a beautiful country. Can you blame him? Not at all. Especially when he's done everything he possibly can up to this point in his career for his other club. He's not staying in Italy, so he's not betraying them that way. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see what he's doing as particularly wrong because he's still playing at a high level. Yep. I would be saying something very differently if he was no longer playing at a high level. I would say this is bullshit. But he still is. I mean, you could you could slide him into any top club in the world. And I don't think any coach would be disappointed with that. No doubt about it. Um, I don't have much else to say to that. I mean, I pretty much agree with everything that you said. And, hey, if if he can continue to go... And he's playing at, at a level that is very still still very high. Um, then go for it, go for it. Especially to get those baguettes, man. I mean, I'm enjoying yeah, get some. I, <laughs> I think what'll be interesting is he's choosing to do it. In, well, we shouldn't say this. Nothing is set in stone. No. Um, if he were to take PSG's offer, he'd be choosing to. To do it at a club that's been just sort of surrounded with controversy for seasons now. Not, that, to me, does not strike me like Gigi Buffon. Yeah. Oh, I got one more thing. We, I, didn't, I didn't have this down on the topics list, but these, these Neymar rumors, these Neymar rumors, Ooh, yeah. they, they just keep on coming. Saying his father's asking for the exit. Is 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 it happening? Is he going to Madrid? Is this gonna be another summer of Neymar? Two years in a row? Is it? I Yeah, I think it is. 
Whether he goes to Madrid or not, I don't know. But I do think it's going to be another summer of Neymar post-World Cup. Oh, yeah. Or PSG could just be super petty and try to buy one of, buy one of Real Madrid's players like they were petty against Barcelona. When the PSG, I mean, when Barcelona won Verratti for that time. They could be like that, but... Yeah, they could. <laughs> I hope Real Madrid doesn't do this. If they're going to pull the plug, the, the trigger on anyone, I hope they go for Hazard, and I stand by that. Um, Neymar, in a lot of ways, I can see why, from a business standpoint and the way that Madrid has done business for years, he fits the mold perfectly. Mm-hmm. He's going to sell jerseys. He's all about the mm-hmm. flair. Mm-hmm. Um, he's... I could see... I see why this has become a thing, but I don't personally, I believe in him as a player. I believe in him in his skill level, and I I have seen him put a team on his back. So, I mean, that is something that you could argue is appealing about him. He did it with Barcelona last season before he left. They can thank him for making it anywhere in Champions League after certain stages. He put the team on his back. We've seen him do that with Brazil on numerous occasions. So in that regard, it speaks volumes of him as a player because he has shown he has the capacity to do that. And that's great. But there's this whole other side that comes with Neymar. (laughs) I don't see how that meshes with Cristiano Ronaldo. I don't see how that meshes with other players, to be honest. I don't see Sergio Ramos being particularly crazy about it either. No. Um, like, yeah, they're star, they're star level play. They are star level players, but they do have a standard. Like, yep. there's a standard to them. Like, you're like maybe some like Ronaldo could be bigger than the team, but he doesn't. When he's on that pitch, he's out there working for the team. And it's it might look selfish just in the naked eye, but he's doing everything for the team. And uh, yeah, you nailed it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I I continue to push my agenda. I want it to be Hazard. I think that there's a whole level that we have not seen from Eden Hazard yet, and I think if he was exposed to, you know, day in day out training sessions and games with the best players in the world, I think we would see a side of him we didn't even know existed yet. Oh, yeah. I agree with you. Um, you got anything else before we peace out of here? I do not. I do not. All right. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for listening to our podcast. Um, you can find me at Andre Sherard at AHC4005. You can find Juan Duque at Batman the Duke. That's D-U-K-E. Yes, sir. Um, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on SoundCloud. Um, search TS1 Network on iTunes. And we usually put it on observingfromthestands.wordpress.com. Also for the SoundCloud people, or if you follow us on SoundCloud, um, yeah, you can find us there. So for Juan Duque, 
I'm Andre Sherard. This is TS1 Podcast. Peace.